Father God, thank you for um, today. Thank you for Otter Creek and the family here. Um, God, thank you for this class and just uh, every every person, every heart, every family that's represented here, Father. And just thank you for the ways that you've uh, led this class, been in this class, the ways that your Spirit has has connected with us. Uh, God, for me, just the way you just opened my eyes and just revealed yourself to us, Father. And God, I just pray that you continue to, to just pour out your Spirit on us. You continue to just break open healing. Uh, continue to just peel back layers on us, Father, uh, for us to walk in greater freedom, for us to be who you made us to be, Father. Uh, and I just pray that you continue to give us all hope, God, just hope in you. Um, that you're not waiting with a, a finger wagging to, to yell at us or scold us, but you're just waiting with open arms for us to, to turn to you, Father. That you're gentle and kind. We just thank you for that. Bless us all as parents. Um, give us your wisdom as we raise our children. Use us in their lives, God. But would you be their Father? Would you connect with them? Bless our marriages, Father. Would you be at the center of those as we both, as we all pursue after you? Would you? Would you guide those as we pursue you? Would you draw us closer together to make us a like, like-minded Father? Uh, I pray that you just continue to, to go with us as this class ends this week, that you'll continue to just reveal yourself. You'll continue to put a desire in us for freedom, a desire in us for connection with you. Um, may that continue to pour out on our church, Father. And we ask this in your Son, Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. All right. Uh, if you can remember, we, uh, we started out our class by giving you a survey, and so we'd like to basically take the same survey again. So everybody should have a little uh, card there, and if you'll write the numbers one through five on that card. Uh, I know some of you are sharing pens, so be nice. And... Write one through five. And these are very quick. Uh, it's not gonna. You're not gonna have to write an essay or or uh, give a stated answer. Well, one you might, but the rest are pretty simple, straightforward. Do not write your name on it. Uh, and then when we get done, just fold it up. They're gonna pass them to the center, and we're gonna bring them up this way. Okay. On a scale of one to ten, zero being. No, zero, one to ten. Um, zero to ten. <laughs> Until I'm not teaching this morning, my brain is already checked out. Uh, on a scale of zero to ten, uh, zero being not close to God, ten being very close to God, what number would you give your connection to God? On a scale of zero to ten, zero being not close, Ten being very close. Number two, I'm going to give you five options for answers, and then number six, uh, you can write your own in. This is where you would write more than one word. Maybe you have tried, and all you're left with are questions. Number one, how do I know if I hear from God? Number two, I know I need to pray more, but I don't. Why? Number three, why doesn't God help me? I've asked in faith. Number four, why does God feel so distant? Number five, why can't I consciously live consistently? Not consciously. Why can't I consistently live my faith? 
And then number six is other. You can write in whatever you want. One is how do I know that I hear from God? Number two, I know I need to pray more, but don't. Why? Why doesn't God? Number three, why doesn't God help me? I've asked in faith. Number four, why does God feel so distant? Number five, why can't I consistently live my faith? And number six, write in your own answer. All right, number three. Was your question, it's a yes or no uh, answer, was your question of why you couldn't get closer to God answered either from the book or from class? That is not a yes or no question. That is a book or class or neither. Book, class, or neither. Was your question of why you couldn't get closer to God answered either from the book or from class or not at all? Number four. This is a yes or no question. Do I have a better understanding of why I need a personal connection with God? Do I have a better understanding of why I need a personal connection with God? And number five, are you practicing what you have learned this semester? Number five, yes or no, are you practicing what you have learned this semester? All right, once you write them all down, fold it. Pass it to the center and pass it towards the front. Catherine Darlow. Yes, she is. She's doing a great job. You have to keep my pen, and then I will not write down. Great questions. Great questions. Okay, thank you. Okay, so this week uh, we're doing kind of a recap of the whole semester. Some of you have been here the whole time. Some of you, maybe today's your first day. But we're just going to let you know pretty much what we have done over the semester and what we've covered. First of all, you need to know that for the four of us, it's been a great joy to teach. And for us to be able to teach something from the heart, I don't know if, <laughs> if you've ever been assigned to teach a class and you're like, okay, and it's not something you're dying to teach. But when it's something that really is just the overflow of your heart, it's such a gift. And that's what this has felt like. The second thing I want you to know is if you got one of these workbooks somewhere along the way and you fell off the wagon because you got busy or distracted or you quit doing the lessons or whatever, the Holy Spirit put this book in your house. And one day you're going to say, I'm going to pull that back out again. It's always there. It's always good. The book is not magical. It's just pointing you toward Jesus. And that's really been what we have been talking about this whole time. There's not a magic formula for this that the father wants to be close jesus shows us what that looks like and the spirit wants to fill you with the power to make that happen whatever that looks like so here is our where we have come during this semester the first is part one we spent several weeks talking about connection and while that seems to be very basic we find and even i found for myself that I was lacking a real <coughs> sense of feeling connected to the Lord. Um, you Tending your heart distant from the Lord is pointless. 
because that tending happens when you're close to Him. Drawing near daily creates a lifestyle of abiding. We've heard all those passages about abiding, being connected to the vine, about we will come and live with you. Remember that passage? That doesn't happen at a distance. And so connection is key. That's why several weeks were spent there. And the Father delights in being close to His children. Uh, y'all have heard me say before, All we have three grown married children, eight grandchildren. Over Thanksgiving, they were all in our house. I mean, I can get teary talking about it. I was so delighted to have them there. Can you imagine how much more a perfect father loves to have his children close? They don't have to jump through hoops and do all the right things before I want them in my house. And neither do you to be connected to the father. So that's why connection really is kind of the foundation or the layer that all the rest of this sits on. Part two was the core. And in this particular section, once you establish that connection or how to get there, this is where we deal with those anxious and offensive thoughts that distort God's view of me. Do you remember how we talked about all the things that can distort how we see God and how we believe that He sees us? We identified things that keep us in bondage, that keep us apart. Remember, the enemy wants us to be disconnected. That's his goal. We talked about wounding. We talked about entanglement. We talked about sin. We talked about ungodly beliefs that somewhere we have a distortion of how we see God. My personal ungodly belief was, he's disappointed if I don't do it right. That's not true. That is not true. My intellect knew that, but deep in my heart, I had tucked that away, and the enemy used it to keep me from feeling connection. So we just talked about asking the Spirit to reveal those things to us and what that looks like when he does. We spent quite a bit of time talking about forgiveness and harboring those bitterness judgment, those sorts of things towards someone who's hurt us and perhaps rightly so being hurt, but how to walk out that forgiveness because it is so often used by the enemy to keep us separate. And to remember this daily walking out, it's like maintenance on a car, right? You know, if you don't change the oil and put gas in it and you know, pretty soon the car falls apart, Walking with the Lord every day is maintenance to our spiritual life. It is a walking out. It's not a, an event that happens once a quarter. It is something that happens daily. And then part three, we called it the culmination. Once again, we're building layers here. We start out with connection. On top of connection, we figure out what keeps us from being close to the Lord and abiding. And then in this section, we talked about some topics that we may not often talk about, for instance, spiritual warfare and how the scripture tells us how the enemy has schemes and ways that he wants to keep us connected. We talked about exchanging burdens. Uh, some of you may have been here when Jen did the exercise of standing before Jesus and handing those burdens to him and what that looks like. We talked about the role of rest, the role of personal worship, the role of calling on the name of Jesus, how the Holy Spirit can use Scripture. Because warfare, we have to have weapons. 
We have to be prepared to fight. We understand that in our physical world about being prepared, but in our spiritual life, that preparation is equally as important. So those were some of the things we talked about in that section. Remember, these things are not meant to be rules. They're not meant to be laws. Um, the Spirit, Jesus says, the Spirit's like the wind. You know, there is a mystery here. It's such a paradox for us to try to make our spiritual life this mapped out exact thing when it can't be. It's a mystery. There are so many things about it. It's almost like the more and deeper your relationship with God becomes, the greater the mystery. Or at least that is the way it is for me. I thought I had everything all lined up. But it's wonderful to not have it all figured out. It's really okay not to have it all figured out. Remember, if the Spirit can raise Jesus from the dead in your life, He can change you to be like Jesus. You don't need to be raised from the dead, at least not right in this particular moment. But whatever it is that He needs to transform in your life, he's, the power is there to do it. You just have to claim it. So our goal is to, to walk out these steps as being your first instinct the first thing you think to do for it to become your habit. For you to be in the process of something happening and a thought comes and you go, nope, that is not from him. I need to take that captive. And all the things we talked about, the tools that you have in place to make that happen. You know, followers of Jesus cannot display God's glory when their sin and their entanglements, their wounds, their ungodly beliefs override the landscape of their hearts. Freedom is contagious. Once you experience yourself in your life, the people around you are blessed. Your spouse, your children, your co-workers. When you function out of a place of freedom, it is blessing to the people around you. When we carry, do you remember the week we talked about holy authority? It's like you don't have to proclaim anything. People see transformation in your life, and from that comes holy authority. So, Reed is going to talk a little bit about glory. Jeannie has such a gift for being able to tie it all together, so thank you for doing that. And leading into this last chapter, which is um, titled Purposing Glory, is chapter 17 in your books. <clears throat> but mainly, the main theme is that pulling weeds just to pull weeds is not fun. But pulling weeds with the vision of having a beautiful yard is another story. First Freedoms is the same. Glory is the point because glory is what we were made for. Doing the work of taking care of wounds with forgiving, breaking off entanglement, renouncing ungodly beliefs or lies, and confessing sin is just maintenance work without a vision of what your life could be like walking with God in freedom. Um, in the book, I'm just kind of summarizing this chapter really quickly. It says, even the most dutiful, well-intentioned worker will eventually give up. Or worse, we would even cultivate land far away from God, bitterly toiling in vain. There is something more to behold than just maintenance. Working in our yard every season without a vision for the future would be completely pointless. We do the work 
so that abundant life can bloom. And um, on page 211 in this chapter, um, just this last paragraph sums up the whole point of this whole book so beautifully. There is nothing holier or more beautiful than God's glory. We were made to carry it. It is our calling and chief purpose. We crave it and long for the day when our lives and surroundings fully reflect it. So we should joyfully and diligently make space for his glory to reside. Removing the weeds, vines, trash, and decay from our landscape creates space for his glory to pour in. That's just kind of a summary of that chapter, but really the whole book and as well of why we do this. Okay. Now, Jeannie's the MC for the questions. Yeah. So uh, we'd really like for y'all to talk this week. We've, we've done an awful lot of talking toward you. Um, and there's not going to be a wrong answer. You're not going to say anything and we're going to gasp in horror. So just, we just want to have a sharing time. The first question that we want to ask, uh, the four of us are going to answer first. And then while we're talking, think about your answer to this question. If you're willing to share, that would be great. But what would you say is one idea or practice or something that you heard during this semester that impacted you most, something that you took away. We will tell you, and any of you who've ever taught, often you come away having learned so much more as the teacher in preparation for a class than anyone in the class ever could. So, Franklin? Okay. Um, yeah, so just, you know, preparing and what, what impacted me kind of teaching through this time was just... Um, just the excitement of, of you all coming back. We mentioned that last week, just that, that there's others that are hungry for this like we are. Um, and I think just the idea of what hit me, hit me this weekend was um, hidden versus healing. And I think maybe a lot of us can relate to maybe growing up and, and being in a church and feeling like you kind of have to stay hidden. Like people don't seem to be real with each other. You know, it, it's kind of surface conversations. And... Um, you don't get healing that way. There needs to be a place where you can come and get real healing. We, we did a training at one church where the lady, this minister said she stands at the back of the church and watches the man on the stage give a sermon and she sees people come in who are hurting and they leave hurting. Like they're not getting the healing they want, they, they need. Um, it's just that idea of like we need this, this place where we can be brothers and sisters, we can be the church. Andy Reese, who Reed mentioned, um, He's the co-author of this book. He talks about, you know, in training churches to do have freedom prayer teams. How, you know, we're not the we're not the we don't have the market cornered on this. That we train a church, and it's like the idea is you come to the table and you push your piece into the center. And we're kind of all pushing our pieces to the center, and it makes this kind of you know beautiful picture of what we're supposed to be. The same as our church. Like we need to get healing so that we are what we're supposed to be in the body. Like without all of us being who we're called to be in the body, walking with Jesus the way we're supposed to be. The body doesn't work right. The body doesn't function right. Um, and so this, you know, these places, freedom prayer kind of prayer times, are places where you can get the things taken off of you so you walk like you're supposed to walk so the church benefits. You walk more closely with Jesus and the body benefits. And just, just that idea, we're not supposed to walk hidden. We're supposed to walk healed and whole and full. Uh, and I want that for myself. I want that for our marriage, for our family, and for all of us. Like Our heart's desire is that Otter Creek would be a place where this is just normal. We just pull people aside in the hallway and say, hey, I need to 
can you walk me through this real quick? Like, I, I'm not, something's wrong here, something's off here. Or, or deeper things, you, you schedule a prayer time. And just, we feel full and connected to you all and excited about kind of what the Lord wants to continue doing from this point. So that's what's, yeah, back to me. Okay. Um, I felt like the Lord woke me up to tell me this word, fruit. Um, every time I put these tools into practice, good fruit comes from it. Um, I had to go to a metro training, had to, <laughs> last week. And one of the exercises that we all had to do, every teacher in metro had to do, was write down the names of 10 people you completely trust outside of your family. And I mean, I was just like, boop, 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 boop. And I could have done 10 more, like, just as quick. And most of the people in my group could not come up with 10 names. And it is because I have been blessed with people like Jeannie who will sit with me and let me be transparent in a safe environment that is confidential. But also I can learn to use these tools on my own in my daily walk. Um, and I can share what the Lord has done with me with these people who I know I can trust. And it was just one of the fruits that I... I realized it was brought to my attention um, just this week. And I don't think I could have named 10 people before I started putting these tools into practice. Um, I think for me was the week Jen was here, and I don't know if all of you were here, where she had us imagine laying our burdens at the yes. feet of Jesus. <laughs> And saying, will you take this from me? And then the part about, will you show me the part that is mine to keep? That was so helpful to me. Because I've heard, just give it all to Jesus. Just give it all to Jesus. You're like, I know, but I still have to live with him. Just an example. Yeah, I mean, yeah. you still have to be a parent. You yeah. can't give them to Jesus, right? So it's all, I mean, you give them anyway. Just that differentiation between I need to unload the anxiety for the things I'm taking that are not mine to carry. That was the part. But yet, show me what is mine to carry and walk with me in that. That, that principle has come up. Spirit's brought it up over and over since we walked that out. I'm glad I get to that. <laughs> um, actually, I've had a hard time coming up with one because um, I've never had a personal connection with God before this. And that's, that's been huge for me. Uh, but I would say the thing that's blessed me the most is one of the commandments that they have for freedom, one of the foundational principles is that there's always a reason. Always a reason. If I'm struggling to connect with God, it's not that I'm doing something wrong, is that I may be doing something wrong, but I'm doing something wrong because there's a reason. It's not just block and you can't get any... There, there's always a reason. And the Lord wants you to understand what that is mm -hmm. and break it down 
so you can draw closer. Mm -hmm. And so um, that has been extremely uh, helpful for me because I'm a... Um, I'm constantly looking at my life, evaluating my life, and trying to figure out what I can do to do better. And and then there's reaching points in my life where I thought, I, I just I don't know what to do. There's nothing else I can do. And but what this has done is given me hope that no matter what I think I may be facing, uh, the Lord's going to help me have victory. That's good. So is anybody nice. in the room? Thank you. <laughs> Thank you for just, taking the high road. Just wanted to say that out loud. Uh, you get your credit. Um, anybody have anything that they feel like they can share with the class? It doesn't have to be something even extremely profound or deep. It can be even something lighthearted. I'll say that um, I felt like I, I enjoyed all that y'all had to say. I enjoyed the book. I enjoyed the, the specific prayer times and close your eyes and draw near and all of that. But it was a huge turning point to actually have a freedom prayer session. It's going to sound like an advertisement. Maybe. We'll take um, it. <laughs> but, I, but I feel like like the last, when Jen was here, was post prayer session for me. And I immediately knew where to go when I was closed. Instead of like, okay, it's dark. And it's <laughs> I feel like maybe this is relatable to some. I, I am a slight control freak, and I wanted to go into the prayer session prepared with my list of things, and <laughs> and it's it was really nice. And I also wanted to go in this class. Like I want to know, I want to read ahead of time, I want to you know, like I need to I need to feel the steps, um, know the steps, and I feel like the prayer was the prayer session was feeling the steps, and now it all makes sense in a way that I'm kind of want to go back to the beginning of class and hear the stories again mm -hmm. and, and pause. And um, it just became real in a way that the meditation was nice before the freedom prayer session. But after the freedom prayer session, like I knew where Jesus was and where I was in relation to that and what the setting was. Like I could just see it. Um, and so I think that to me was the most, I still want a whole lot more because I feel like there's a personal accountability response you know, post freedom prayer session, you can't do one every day. Um, <laughs> but I just, um, I think that was a huge turning point for me from it being a nice idea and believing in it, but also being able to fully gather from it. Thank you, Laura, for sharing that. Thank you. Yeah. Anybody else? I, yes. Um, I thought from the beginning, very beginning, just that idea of like your body and your mind and your soul, your spirit, your heart, whatever you want to call it. And um, I just, I'm a person, I'm very analytical, I'm also very introverted, and so I spend a whole lot of time mm -hmm. in my mind. Mm -hmm. And um, and so I thought I had a pretty rich prayer life, but I, I realized that it was a lot of my mind, like just talking to God. Uh -huh. And I think learning that there's this place that's like deeper than that. I, that's how I feel it, at least. It's like it's below my body and my mind, and it's like a place to, to drop down below all the thoughts. Yes. And um, just spending time in that place where my mind kind of is directed by the Spirit has been super transformational. Just like 
place of rest yes. from all the busyness of my mind. Yes. Um, that's that's been huge. And I feel like finding that place is where like all of the rest of the content in the book mm-hmm. like springs from there. From yes. Yeah. Yes. Okay. Exactly right. That connection is where like I think early on we talked about how if you you can be really kind of lopsided with your brain and your heart and that spirit being disconnected. That's great. Mm-hmm. Don't say something. That's great. Thank no, we, we thoroughly agree. There's two things that affect that. One is those of us who drew, grew up in this church culture, it's very, I always get left brain and right brain mixed up. It's very left brained, very analytical and logical and informational and a lot of really good things. But the balance of the other side, we were always a little afraid to go in that direction, but yet that's part of the wholeness of us, right? So I was revealed that like one of my temptations is, you know, being super efficient with my time and and very controlling with my time, always being super task oriented. And so I resisted going to that place because and resting because it doesn't feel efficient. Uh It feels like sitting here for like thirty minutes is like a waste of time almost. Mm -hmm. And now it's like I crave that. Like I crave exercise or you know a, you know it's a it's a restful rejuvenating experience that's great thank, thank you, you for sharing that well, Mar- marva Dones wrote written a book on centering prayer centering prayer is basically just sitting silent with god with no agenda and the title of the book is wasting time with god mm-hmm. so i thought that was interesting that you said that uh, i like what jen said too you, you reminded me just that in that place of rest that verse you talked about, about going to your room, close the door, and, and pray to your Father who is unseen. Your Father who sees what is done in secret will reward you. And just in that place of rest, we get what we actually need. Like, I, I'm learning that too. It's not, it's not a waste of time at all. It's like, what do I get what I actually need in this place of rest? I should sit there and rest and be with Him. Andy Reese too, talks about, you mentioned, I thought it was interesting, you know, a deeper place. He mentions that scripture where it says, you know, out, out, of, you, out of your and he's, I, I'm not sure the translation, but something about out of your belly will come rivers of living water. It's like it originates in a deep place, but the Spirit can kind of call it up to your mind. You know, one prayer that I learned to pray through this is, you know, Spirit is in charge today. Body, mind, will, soul, emotions. Do what Spirit says today. Spirit is the one that's going to kind of, you know, orchestrate all of this. You do what Spirit says. So, that was just, say that again? Like it. just body, yeah, body, mind. Will emotions, spirit is in charge today. You do what spirit says. And I think I got that from Jen. I didn't make that up. So, <laughs> with all of this, yeah. Well, the reality of that is, is that that our spirit connects with God's spirit. And so, the reason you want to listen to your spirit because it's connected to God. If you leave it up to your mind, and your body, they're going to control you to do the desires you want to do. But if your spirit's connected to God's spirit, then whatever your mind or body says, it's got to go through the Spirit first. And so therefore, you let the Spirit guide you in that. Good. I have a question. I don't know if this is the right time. I'm sorry, sure. no question. <laughs> Jen's not here, sorry. <laughs> um, so I've, I've always kind of been able to have that connection and feel connected like I've, I've sat every morning with God for a long, long time. But for me, what's challenging is that I feel God with me in the mornings when I do that. I have a really hard time feeling close to God as I go about my day. Then it's like I pray, but it, it, it feels like 
like, you know, the slingshot thing, and I don't feel the closeness. And it's like, I feel like I, I don't know how to feel the closest without getting quiet, sitting down, and like, that's not practical, <laughs> you know? Like, when I'm trying to cook dinner and everyone's yelling at me and I'm trying not to snap, I would like to feel close to God in that moment. <laughs> <laughs> what you say there is in the name of Jesus. That's right. No. <laughs> Just teasing. Can I say something Sure. response to that because um, I feel very similarly like there's not a low enough sometimes to get to get away from like the smoke you know to get <laughs> to breathe well enough but a, a phrase that came out of this class that um, just keeps like coming up as my like short phrases show me or tell me show me or tell yeah. me like I find myself through the day just asking that and sometimes the show me or tell me doesn't come until like the next morning when there's quiet again but it's just the reminder that like, I feel like God's giving me in this, that the connection is available, or is there, and he sees, like, show me or tell me how you see me, show me or tell me, sometimes I don't even finish the phrase, just show me or tell me, how, how do you see me right now, how do you see my kids right now, show me or tell me how you see us growing right now in the chaos of dinner, or losing their minds, or me, even in, show me or tell me how you saw me when I responded a way I shouldn't. Um, and like I said, sometimes that there isn't space to get an answer to that. It's more just a like, a, like grabbing onto the rope. I know the rope is there. You're going to show me or tell me. Like I'm still, I'm holding on, and the show me or tell me is coming later. But that, that's the phrase that came like from my freedom prayer session. I appreciated your reminder, and then from this class too, that just resonated with me as somebody who is a like, I need a, like. I need it. I need the evidence of the connection, but I don't know if that helps at all. Mm -hmm. That's that's a great um, response. One of the things in freedom prayer that's so such a relief isn't necessarily well it's so, it's so affirming is whenever we are praying with someone and we come to a place and we're not we always just say, Ask Jesus. Ask Jesus what's going on when I get so distracted or will you show me or tell me how can I, you know, it's amazing how much he really wants to speak into whatever it is you find yourself not able to do. So ask him, you know, say what is this or, or will you show me or tell me one thing I could do to make this better, where am I, whatever, to get specific answers to questions of how to be more like him are always answered. They're always answered. Mm -hmm. Now some of this other stuff we're not real sure about what was the answer and all about physical things and all that, but to transform into his image, the spirit will answer that question for you always. I, I can relate to that too. I mean, I struggle with the same. We all do. I think about Jesus too. Like he was in the moment too. You know, like, he had people questioning him and he didn't have to pull away for five minutes, you know, back up and go back to a cave and get close again. They come back. Like I think we have that same kind of moment connection too. I think the morning times where you set that foundation, where you make that connection, then kind of knowing God's with you throughout the day. And kind of a similar kind of thing that I say is just, Holy Spirit, what are you saying? Like kind of in conversations, like what are you, what are you saying, Holy Spirit? Um, just little ways like that to connect. But yeah, I can yeah. totally relate Great to that. question, though. That's great. This Catherine? Is, um, I don't know if this is addressing your question or not, Kate, but um, something I keep thinking of after your question is, uh, I don't know how to say this in a free context, but... I'm thinking of the crazy cooking and everybody yelling and what have you. And I thought for a while since I started Freedom Prayer, I really feel like enormous peace at home, even in the midst of the wildness. And right or wrong, I hope my kids don't suffer from it later. They may all be mad that I never made a lunch for them from kindergarten on. Um, I, you know, I, I, I was just thinking, though, 
part of Freedom Care for me also has been, God, what is most important right now? I can't, I can't do it all because I'm, I'm the analytical list person. Um, I mean, I could, but I'll break, um, and I won't give the fullness of me to my family. What they really want is my presence. I can't be present when I'm doing all the things. And so little things for me that I, decide, that I decided and made sure Matt was okay with it would be like, simple thing, we bag up fruits and veggies at the beginning of every week and say, do you get a fruit and veggie and a protein? I don't care what else you're lunch. So all four kids have made their lunches since kindergarten. And they probably are going to resent me for that one day. <laughs> but they'll do okay in college. Um, and for dinners, I mean, they know when I try real hard on a dinner because I had extra time I didn't expect and I still get it wrong. <laughs> so, so they know to expect a Costco chicken fettuccine Alfredo or tortellini or whatever and and I'm okay with that and once I've gotten to the place of being okay with some of the the stresses they're not stressful to me like I, I hope and pray my kids won't suffer for it later that mom didn't mm -hmm. fix me meals from scratch every night but I feel like what I'm able to give them is more peace in the home uh, mm -hmm. because of some of the, the shortcuts I'm not saying that's right great now, I do feel makes good sense and able to connect better and go to my place that I learned in prison I would encourage anybody who hasn't done a Freedom Prayer session um, to try to sign up, maybe find a person in here to hold you accountable and say by the end of next year or the end of the summer, you've tried a session. Um, it's just, it's for the analyticals or the non-analyticals, it's really sweet to give that time mm -hmm. and have people help uh, help just be there and intercede with you. Yes. Well, I would think of that too. It's so safe. Like we did the training five or six years ago here, and I really felt like you know part of the training was you have to have your own session. And I really thought I'm going to do this, and they're going to say, "Okay, you can't do this. You know, you're you go do something else." Like, well, find another job for you. But it's just so safe. It's like that's not what God's waiting to do. God's not waiting to say hey, you're out. I mean, it's just healing. He's waiting to heal. He, he's putting it in the light is just. It feels Satan wants us to kind of keep it pressed down, keep it hidden. And it feels like it's it's too big to say, but whatever the thing is, you know, God just wants it out in the light so He can heal it and, and move you on. And again, just kind of if we're all doing that, just to imagine what our church would would be like if we're all kind of letting Him peel those things off and kind of stepping into greater and greater freedom. It just kind of gives me chills to think about what the body would look like. Mm -hmm. And you don't have to know what that thing is. Right. Like I went into my set. I didn't know. I just knew that when they said try to draw near to God, what does that look like? That's easy for me, but drawing near to Jesus, I'm like, huh? I, that's like a, so, so just, it was just a, it wasn't a thing. I never felt a deficiency in it. Mm -hmm. But then this freedom prayer session was like 30 years gained of, mm -hmm. of ability to connect in a different way. Yeah. Sweet. You're not alone. Everybody struggles with the same thing. Two things, quickly. One, when you get up from your time, get up like you're, He's getting up with you and walking with you to whatever you're doing. So you don't consciously leave him there. You go there. Because I think what I've been doing for right. a long time. That's right. Uh -huh. mm -hmm. Then second thing is, I'm the type of person that once I get st start getting into something, everything else is out of my mind. And I, can, I get totally lost in what I'm doing. And so I've got an app on my phone that's called Alarmed, and at 8, 10, 12, 2, 4, 6, 8, it sends me a, a reminder to set my mind on things above. <coughs> and what that does for me is, 
It brings it back to the conscious level. That doesn't necessarily stay there, but that's six more times during the day than I thought about than I would have. And so that's just helpful for me. I don't feel guilty if I lose it after 15 minutes because just that conscious thought will help shape that next two hours and what I do. So that's just an idea. What's that called, the app? Alarmed. A-L-A-R-M. Is that how you spell it? E-D. It's got the E-D on it. So can I task the class also, but like I did with my two, I only had two kids to church this morning, and I, I heard this in a lesson or something, and for whatever reason I said, okay, I want y'all to just think. When you think of what is true and beautiful, and just each of you individually, just think of it and write down a list of what is true and beautiful. And then when it's time to set my things on above, I can go right there too. Mm-hmm. That's good. That's really good. Yes, thing. I feel like two things I've learned from the whole freedom prayer thing and that have helped me in really hard moments <laughs> at home. I feel like, especially depending on what tradition you grew up in and what you feel comfortable with with prayer, is just calling on him out loud and getting it out of my inside. So it might sound like using God's name carelessly, but it is just a prayer. I can't even hear myself doing it. But if I'm like, I might be like, you know, Holy Spirit, Holy Spirit, or just Jesus, Jesus, like you, not me. But I just feel like saying it. Um, and I have friends that brought it to my attention. I don't realize <laughs> But I'm like having it out loud. And then I feel like clearing off a seat, I learned from Andy. So if my kids see me like making room and pulling out a chair, or my son's like, what are you doing? I'm like, what do we need? We need space for, for Jesus to be. That's great. That's great. We can see it. Yes, yes. Thank you. It's, it's interesting when we engage our body kinesthetically with things like having an empty seat or saying things out loud, how much that helps that connection in our brain. I mean, I'm sure there's science behind that, uh, but those are great ideas. I think with that out loud, too, I, that's something even speaking darkness away, like the enemy's not omniscient. So, like, I don't know what happens in the spiritual realm, but I, but I think there is power in speaking the enemy away. So, I mean, just pray, I pray that sometimes in the morning or when I feel like you know, we're all arguing in the morning or whatever, and both girls are mad, it's like, just praying it out loud. I think the enemy has to flee at the, at the power of Jesus. Mm-hmm. And we have that authority to just send it away in the name of Jesus. So, you know, praying that over, over your house when the kids are gone, just kind of walking around the rooms and, and praying out loud evil away, I think is powerful. Yes. I, I, don't, I, w- I was raised in this tradition, so I wasn't raised to have, no, feel like there was power in the name of Jesus. I believed in Jesus. I followed Jesus. But to say His name out loud didn't necessarily feel like there was power against something. And so, uh, Satan cannot reside in a place where he has been cast out in the name of Jesus. Mm-hmm. I believe that. I've experienced that. And, uh, and the only time Satan can come back in is that if we allow him. Now, I'm not saying it's, he's gone forever. Uh, but at that moment when I'm struggling, that's my response. In the name of Jesus, by His authority, get out of here. 
I don't have time for you. This is not good for me. Well, sadly, our time is up. <laughs> I know. We really have enjoyed teaching. Here's, here's the one thing I want you to go out of here remembering. Your freedom is God's will. He adores each and every one of you. He wants you to walk in abundant life and for you to know what it feels like not to be shackled with the tricks of the enemy. He, whatever it looks like, whatever you've done, wherever you've been, he is that good father in that story that's looking for their child to come. And the fact that you're in this room means the Spirit did a little bit of tugging on your heart to seek and to go a little bit deeper. So... Blessings to all of you. Go get your children. I was going to say, too, we kind of tricked you into a freedom prayer training. You've all kind of basically That's done right. the training now. <laughs> um, so you're, you're really pretty much fully trained. But there is that training in um, the training at Clearview yes. Baptist in January, uh, January 27th or 28th, I think, Friday and Saturday. Uh, a few, several of you have joined our freedom prayer team auditory through this class, which is so exciting. We'd love to have more of you do that and just. I mean, we feel like it's family. The whole church, of course, is family. But just we need to, men. Yeah, okay. and just getting to know those people even better, just being brothers and sisters with each other. Um, yeah, we we just encourage you to kind of to, to consider doing that in January, and and, and there'll be other times too for well, there'll be trainings at Otter Creek as well. So we'll keep you posted. Yeah, We'd talk love. to one of us if yeah. you have a question. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> All right. Okay. So long. Carry on. <laughs> Look, there's a little child face back there. Oh. <laughs>